whether you're watching, listening or reading this, welcome back to the Runpreneur Vlog, where we're on a mission to raise £1 million for children's charities by run vlogging on consecutive days the distance of one lap around the world. It's a staggering 40,075 kilometres. It's going to take somewhere in the realms of 14 to 15 years to accomplish. I'm going to commit to doing a minimum of five kilometres every day and I'll even do it barefoot style. So there's plenty of time to raise that money. For those regular listeners will know that I vlog about helping people overcome the emotions of stress, overwhelm and anxiety by using exercise as a release mechanism. And it is Tuesday Tactics today where we discuss all things business systems and outsourcing. It is a beautiful morning, the sun is shining, it's quite fresh but not too cold, so great running conditions. So as always, if you like this episode, uh, we're going to talk about um, high-level property business systems. Okay, so if this if this is of any interest to you, please give it a like and a subscribe, and let's get started. So this was a question about what property systems we use for um, from one of our Rumpreneur community members, Alex Hart. And uh, I'm going to go quite high level on this. I will do some deep dives on each section, but today I just want to give you an overview of what I do and why. Now, my property business isn't as big as it once was. At its peak, it was 96 properties strong. We're now somewhere in the region of about 50, as we've sold stuff off for various, various reasons, consolidated the portfolio, and we're looking to, to grow it now quite aggressively, but in a very different strategy. So firstly, a very, kind of loose overview of how the property portfolio was evolved and how it got to where it got to. It got involved in property in my early 20s, some 15, 16, 16 years ago. And we got a lot involved in a lot of no money down strategies. A lot more difficult to do now, but you could do them. There was a bit of a loophole really. You could do it all legitimately, but we were ultimately buying properties below market value and getting 100% mortgages for them by using option agreements. And um, we, we did that, we basically bought 40 or 45 properties by recycling the same deposit over and over again. And uh, once we got to that stage, the loophole was closed. The uh, FSA got involved and said, mortgage lenders need to ask certain questions that if you answered them, oh yeah, if you answer them in a certain way, i.e. are you using any option contracts in this transaction, um, then it just meant the mortgage lenders wouldn't lend. So that loophole kind of got got nipped in the bud, but we'd already been through the process 40, some 45 times or so. And then we just recycled every property had 25% equity. We just cyclically refinanced the money out, reinvested it, bought more, and it gradually got us up to 96 properties. The issue with that strategy was we had to buy where the deal was because it had relied on a below market value uh, strategy. So we had properties all over the country. So roll on 15 years down the road, we, we had a mixed bag of buy-to-lets, we did a lot of HMOs, a lot of service accommodation, even a, uh, a commercial to resi conversion, which went horribly wrong, which I still own, <laughs> um, that we're now um, consolidating, getting rid of all the stuff that's out of our areas that we generally invest in, and now we're reinvesting funds into areas where we want to continue growing. So and what we're doing now when we're buying properties is, is, uh, is putting them on long-term government-backed leases for 10 years or so. So it's a full uh, full repair and insurance 
release whereby we don't have any involvement in, in the running of it at all, but we just take the income from it. So it's a much more, and, and we're doing it with infrastructures that have got the ability to do it rather than a, a, a Joe Bloggs rent guarantee scheme. So that's a high level overview of, of where the business is. But we self-managed 90% of that portfolio and uh, we still continue to do so. And the reason we do it is we've built some, possible, some good systems and processes around the property business. Now, there are a lot of out-of-the-box pieces of software that you can kind of buy, like Arthur is, is one that seems to spring to mind. But um, for every single, I used to use Rent Pro, Arthur. I've tried a couple of others uh, as well. And I've always found that I could never get the system to work as I would want it. Now, we have a little bit of a... Uh, a different type of, of property business in that we house a lot of social tenants, a lot of social HMOs and a lot of two squared which is what we've branded the two plus two model as. Okay so two over 35 renting two rooms each so it's a form of house share but on a single occupancy tenancy and uh, they come with challenges that you perhaps don't have with a professional tenant and uh, not in all, all instances but we found that a lot of the off-the-shelf products are, are very well suited to a more traditional lettings business or management business, whereas that's what, not what we were or still are. So um, I found myself building something and I built it using Asana, which is the project management software that I've always used because you've got so much flexibility with it. And over the years, you've had even more flexibility with lots of automations and forms and rules and stuff that you can do. So you can basically treat it like a blank canvas. What do you need in a property business? And if I need to change anything, I can re-engineer it or reprogram it really, really quickly and easily. So it's super, super effective. And it's, I use it, I use one premium Asana account, which costs like 50 quid a month, so a business account, for the whole group of my companies. So it's, when you break it, I've got six companies. So it's, it's next to nothing. It's like seven or eight quid a month to kind of to kind of run it where a lot of off the shelf will charge you by number of units or tenancies uh, a lot of them will have quite high subscription base so cost is one reason to kind of do it yourself um, now if you were to use my setup and you only had one company then yes it would cost in and around the 50 pounds a month bracket but you don't necessarily need to pay for the you could get away with 25 pounds a month so the one level down the premium based version to do what i do so how's it set up at a high level? Well, first and foremost, I have what we call a units board, okay? This is where all of the unit information is stored, okay? So all the properties, when we say units, it's more tenancies, but I don't call it tenancies because a tenancy is only a tenancy if uh, you've got a tenant in it. If it's void, you can't really call it a tenancy, that's what we call them units. So rental units. Um, the reason we call them units is not properties because we rent a lot of rooms, so you might have four or five uh, units in one property so that's why we call it the units board and it basically has every property listed and the number of units underneath it now attached to each unit we have tenancy information or tenant related information so when we add a tenant that's a separate almost a separate file you add to that uh, unit whereby all of the tenancy related information about their tenancy is stored so the rent, the frequency, the date of the month, if they're paying for bills, all the different things. I mean, there's about 20 or 30 different fields in the tenant information that we capture at application level. Okay, so when we, when we complete their application and get them all set up, 
we've got everything we need. It's all in, in Asana, which is exactly what we want. And uh, it's attached to the associated unit, which is really, really key. We put all the right to rent stuff in there, CP12s, EICRs, everything associated with the tenancy to be compliant goes in there, okay? And it's so important because you've then got a record for that tenancy. So whenever we go out and do inspections, we have a checklist which links to the, uh, the tenancy record. So every type of touch base, touch points we have with that tenant, we have updates, okay? So when it comes to an audit trail, we can show what we've done, why we've done it, how often we inspect, all of these things is all nicely kept in one record. And it's super easy to use because we use the Asana app for the guys in the, in the field on any smart device. Super easy to use on, in the field. And obviously for the administrative team, we have a, a really comprehensive platform to do it on the kind of desktop version of Asana. So that's kind of how we manage our tenancies. Um, in addition to that, we have a, a board for tenant applications. So this is where we log all of the inquiries and we have a form that's embedded into Asana, which is where we do our application forms. So what that means is that we'll populate all of the information that will become a tenancy or a unit record if that person is, is approved at the application level. Okay, really, really important you do it there so you're not having to do things twice. And uh, if they're rejected, we just put them in the archive, but they're still there. So that if somebody comes back a few years down the line, we can do a quick search in our tenant application records to see whether that person has applied before and if we've rejected them. If we've rejected them, we generally won't go back on taking them on at some point in the future. And you'd be amazed how many people you get coming back to you over the years. So you can swerve a lot of, of danger signs by having a record that you can search through. So that's our time tenant application side of things. We also have a separate project, okay, which is for CP12 renewals, a separate project for fire safety checks, a separate project for EICRs. Okay, these are things you have to do periodically and you need a, a separate project because you can sort them in due date and you can see when things are due. So it's easy to keep on top of. Any documentation that gets done gets linked to the relevant tenancy and, pro and property in the units board. Okay, really, really important, the linkage side of things there. We then have a number of, of checklist forms that are embedded into Asana, like a, a, we have a, a property of tenant visit checklist. It's only a handful of questions, just checking kind of fire safety, making sure the house picking up on any maintenance issues proactively. So anytime one of our members of staff um, liaises with a tenant or a property, they, uh, they fill out this form. It takes two minutes to do, they do it on their smartphone and it pulls straight into the, into the, into the assignment platform what's happened out in the field. And that way that the administrative team can action things. So if for example, I don't know, as an example, somebody's gone out and found out that the communal light isn't working, they put that down in the, in the tenant property visit it would get logged in in the central Asana office, processed by the admin team, applied to the relevant unit, and that maintenance job would be put into the maintenance project to be actioned. So that's the next one that we have. We have an outstanding works project. So this is when it can be tenant disputes, it can be anything that's like a worksheet or a job sheet for the field. Okay, so anything that comes in from our inspections will come into that outstanding works side of things. And that's like a a ticketing system, a help desk. Uh, we also have, so all of our inbound comms comes into that as well, which I'll tell you about in just a second. And what we do with that is, um, it's like a ticketing system. So it's like a, it comes in, it has to be resolved. So the, if it can be resolved administratively, the, admin, the admin team will deal with it. If it has to be resolved in the field, it will be scheduled for someone in the, in the field to 
complete that job on whenever their next daily job sheet goes out, depending on the level of urgency. Now there is some uh, prioritization that we follow there so that it's not like a, 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 a dripping tap is as important as a, a, a smoke alarm that's not working, for example. Smoke alarm is clearly more important, so that would always take precedence. So there is a, a prioritization mechanism that the admin teams will, will apply to jobs so that it will sort, sort the order of outstanding jobs in order, which means that each day our, uh, our team can get out there and can do the works associated uh, with running the, the portfolio. So that's uh, really, really important, the outstanding works. We also have an inbound comms. So basically we try and avoid inbound telephone calls wherever possible, apart from the extreme emergencies. And we have a, a web-based form, a text messaging service um, that the tenants can utilize so that when they've got an issue, they put it in and it automatically then comes straight into Asana and it's logged in writing. So in emergencies, we take calls, <laughs> but we make it abundantly clear that uh, it has to come through the channel. So if somebody reports something via the phone and it isn't an out emergency, we say, right, you need to put that in, in, in a text message or, or fill out the web-based form. Otherwise it won't be logged. And we just tell them that to get them you know, educated into how we operate, which then means it's in writing and then means nothing's missed. And obviously if the tenant doesn't do it, it hasn't been urgent enough for that tenant to warrant reporting it. So we always get that. And then we've got an audit trail to show that the tenant actually reported it rather than phone calls that messages can be missed, etc., etc. So, So that's really, really important. The next stage is the financing side. So we use Zero, and we use Receipt Bank, or what's now known as DEX. Um, so we have a, the, the reporting side of things, we have a tracking category for every property, so that we can look at on a monthly basis and see how pr profitable our, um, our properties are. And if one is performing poorly for a considerable amount of time, then we, we make decisions about the long-term sustainability of it. So we're tracking everything by, by tracking code. Every tenant is a new customer in Zero as well. So all our rent statements come from from zero and we're getting invoices raised for the rent every month so it's very easy to track rent due against rent paid and we have a you know the accounting team I have a whole finance team really that does all of the the accounting for my group and I also have a finance director as part of that who scrutinizes the reports and and stuff with me which is invaluable so I have a complete fully outsourced finance operation but it is so so important to run your business with financial clarity so um Basically, customers are tenants, tracking codes are properties, so that you can, you can get those reports. Um, I have a balance sheet, I have a cash flow forecast, and I have P&L that we go through on a monthly basis with the finance director, and we set targets based on, on the financials. So really, really important. But we also then have a, a maintenance budget. This is important, this is well, it's a field team budget more than anything. So cost of fuel, any outside contractors being bringing in, any paid for on pay to go work that they're using, any supplies they're buying. We've historically monitored this and we adjust the budget usually once a quarter and we have a separate account that the, uh, the maintenance or the, or the field-based manager has, has access to and he runs that. Now that's where DEX is used, so anything we spend, all receipts are, uh, are, are photographed and inputted into DEX, which goes automatically into zero and is catalogued and rules are set up accordingly so that stuff is catalogued and itemized to the right departments. You can also categorize expenditure against properties on decks as well at, the at that point of sale so that the accounting team can see what expenditure has gone to which property. So again, that's super, super important that that's kind of, uh, kind of dealt with. So that's kind of 
really high level how the property business runs. Uh, it's, it sounds quite complicated. It was built up over a number of years, but we've kind of built it into something that's pretty easy to use now. Um, and it's, it's, it just gives us so much flexibility. If we want to change it, I think we can change it. Whereas a lot of out-of-the-box software packages might be suitable in many respects, but I've tried some that sync with zero and things like that, but they just don't. I mean, the other thing that's important as well is transfer-wise. So we have a, a lot of uh, remote workers or people from the Philippines, people call them virtual assistants. I think it's a bit of a slurred word now, so I like to call, refer to them as remote team members. Um, some in the Philippines, some in Bangladesh. We also um, have our, our finance team based in South Africa. So um, we're <laughs> a bit of a global operation in that regard. Uh, so we use TransferWise and that protects risk on the financials. So the finance team do all the payments, the payment runs every week, but over the course of having financial clarity, we give the finance team budgets in TransferWise and they have access to TransferWise. So basically we transfer once a month money into TransferWise, which covers all of the staffing costs, all of the, you know, the one-off costs and things that we've budgeted for and builds up a little bit of a fund for them to manage. So I don't have to do any payment runs or pay people. That's all taken care of automatically, which is super, super important. So TransferWise is so important because not only can you give people the, a card with a limited, it's like a prepaid setup, but you can also have, it's like a separate bank account as well. There's a small setup cost to get the bank account. It's about 15 pounds a one-off but it's worth its weight in gold because it's, you can pay all different countries um, for, for staffing overseas, etc. And you can also send and receive money as a UK-based bank account or a bank account in whichever native country. And you can provide a virtual debit card as well that allows them to make payments using card as well. So it has all your, your kind of bases covered without the, re, the, the red tape of getting stuff set up with a proper bank. And oh, you know, honestly, I've spent months and months trying to set up things with banks and this is a, a setup that really works and we our exposure is only ever linked limited to a month's worth of of budget that we've set which is a tiny fragment of what our monthly take-home is so it's a uh, it's very well protected and i'm comfortable with that level of risk and we've been doing it for so long now that the trust is pretty much there so so that's the the final one which is really important to outsource the payment runs so that's as a high level now i will go through each of these, these sections in detail so live content creation here so i'm gonna speak to my video editor sam if you can add to my da dashboard a task for um breaking down all my property management systems and doing separate episodes on each of them and then uh then i can i can obviously add those to the content plan that'd be amazing um that would be cool so that will happen now which is the choice of live content creation um so that's pretty much it so if you've got any questions on this drop me a comment i'll respond to everyone if it's a bigger topic, I'll do a separate vlog episode and tag you in. Um, do check out the links in my bios to keep track of my journey on this epic challenge to raise a million pounds for children's charities by run blogging on contextual days distance of one lap around the world. And, uh, and also you can access my content via video, audio or, um, or blog form. So you can listen, watch or read it. And it's all catalogued nice and neatly in play by playlist so you can find topics that are very relevant to you nice and easily. Um, as always, the content I talk about is about helping people overcome the emotions of stress, overwhelm and anxiety by using exercise as a release mechanism. And um, it's so, so important because we all experience these pressures in the form of stress every day and every week. And if you don't release them with a release mechanism 
uh, I use run vlogging as my British mechanism and it, it just allows me to clear my head, process what's happened, gain clarity on my arm, refocus and move on. If you don't have that process in place, those stresses and pressures build up like pressure in a pipe, okay? And without a release mechanism, the pressure builds, 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 builds. Before you know it, you start being overwhelmed. When you're overwhelmed, you've got too many things going on in your head that you can't kind of, you almost have a seizure or you freeze and you start procrastinating because there's too many, you don't know where to start, where to turn. And then very quickly from that stage, if you don't release it, it turns into um, anxiety or panic. And then you're kind of flirting with mental health issues which is something that we clearly want to avoid. Now I've been there, I've lost multiple businesses because of these reasons, I've lost multiple business partners, and I've almost been bankrupt over the years because of this. So I know what it's like, and there's no coincidence that since I've been using my release mechanism, which is my running vlog, that in the past 10 months of doing so, I've made more progress than I had done in the previous four years. So there's no coincidence, hopefully there's enough social proof this stuff really works. So my pledge to you, if you are somebody who's struggling with these emotions and managing them, uh, drop me a message, okay? There's no catch here. There's no sale ever on the Rumpreneur vlog, okay? It's all value giving and it's, it's about run, raising money for, for good causes like children's charities. Um, so there's no ever any sale. So reach out, drop me a message and we'll, we'll jump on a quick call. Many have already done so. And I'll talk you through some simple steps that you can use that I know are gonna be transferable into your life and they'll make a huge difference. And many have taken me up on this, and I know we've made some really positive differences to so many people's lives already. And I always said, if this vlog helps just one person or saves one business, it's been a million percent worthwhile. So that's it for me today. As always, like this episode, give it a like, comment, and a subscribe. Um, do check the links in my bios where you can watch, listen, and read it. And most importantly, keep up to date with my mission to raise a million pounds for children's charities by run vlogging on, on consecutive days, the distance of one lap around the world. And all that's left to say is always stay positive, stay happy, and I'll see you tomorrow.